재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Amid the rising tensions in the South China Sea, the Indian Army moved over 100 tanks to its disputed border with China, the mountainous region of Ladakh. Uh, this has been a place that witnessed frequent incursion attempts by the People's Liberation Army of China in recent years. And this is the second time in half a century, actually, that New Delhi has deployed tanks uh, to the border region after its defeat in the 1962 Indochina War. To give us more analysis, we're very pleased to have joining us from the University of Melbourne, lecturer in Asian politics, Dr. Pradeep Taneja. Hello. Hi, Henry. Well, thank you for joining us, Dr. Taneja. First, the decision to deploy tanks to that region. Um, what is India strategically trying to accomplish? Well, as you said uh, at the beginning uh, to your question, that there has been a recent increase, not a huge increase, but there have been a growing number of incidents where the Chinese and Indian forces have faced off in that region, particularly in that Ladakh region, the western sector of the Sino-Indian border. And uh, also we have seen a very significant improvement in the quality of border infrastructure on the Chinese side of the border. Indian government had neglected. For decades, the Indian government did not build many new roads on the border, and therefore there have been complaints from the Indian military and in the Indian media that government needs to do something. So over a decade ago, the Indian government began a program of improvement in roads and infrastructure. And recently, this deployment of 100 uh, T-72 tanks in the Ladakh valleys is is really a response to those increasing incursions, the face-off, because there seems to be an attempt by China to change the status quo in that region, in the Ladakh region. And Indian military, in fact, is now responding to that. And we have uh, in India now a nationalist government, which is also determined to show to the public in India that it will defend India's territory no matter what. In terms of the Indochina War, when we look at the year 1962, most of us, uh, many of us were not born then. This is over half a century ago. Have the basic disputes and disagreements uh, evolved over this half a century or are they pretty much the same? Well, the border dispute is pretty much the same. The territorial dispute between the two countries is the same, but there has been significant progress in terms of discussions over the border issue. Uh, India-China restored their ambassadors in each other's capital in 1976, and then in the 1980s they began negotiations on the border. The negotiations really picked up in 2003 when the then Indian Prime Minister Vajpayee was to China and the two governments decided that they will begin negotiations not at the bureaucratic, I mean, they were already negotiating at the bureaucratic level, but they decided that they will upgrade the negotiations to a political level where the prime ministers of the two countries appointed special representatives who would report directly to the prime minister to negotiate the border. So according to some Indian diplomats, the technical work on the border negotiations really has been done in in the sense that whatever the bureaucrats could do, they have done. Now it's a question of political will. It's up to the political leadership in both countries to make further progress. The 
situations are very different. But here in Korea, the the decision to deploy the THAAD anti-missile battery system has raised concerns about any economic retaliation by China. Korea is so dependent on on China. To a lesser extent, India is as well. Are there any concerns as far as investments in China taking a dip after this? Well, China-South Korea relationship, of course, is much deeper, much more intense. There's a lot more Korean investment in China, and there is a lot more trade between China and South Korea. India-China trade and investment relationship is relatively minor. I mean, about roughly about 70 billion U.S. dollars worth of trade each year. Nothing to sneeze at, but it is not in the big scheme of things. It's not huge, and particularly Chinese investment in India is not very large. And as far as the government is concerned, I... I think in in taking this step of deploying you know two regiments of tanks in the Ladakh region, I don't think they're too worried about investment. In fact, the Chinese companies are very keen to invest in India because mm. no other market offers the kind of opportunities that India does. India is now the fastest growing major economy, seven and a half percent growth each year in GDP, right. and it has a population one point two. So if India continues to grow at this rate for the next fifteen twenty years, the potential for investment and trade with India is tremendous. So Indian government, I don't think, is worried too much about Chinese investment coming to India. There are a lot of issues at play here, uh, especially with China's neighbors. Uh, There was a recent ruling in The Hague uh, ruling against China as far as the uh, dispute in the South China Sea. Some people feel that this has backed China into a bit of a corner and they might lash out in ways that um, especially worsen in the South China Sea. Do you think that has any spillover effect as to what China will do in the uh, Ladakh region? Well, the South China Sea ruling, obviously, India had nothing to do with this particular sure. ruling, but India has shown because of its own a maritime dispute with Bangladesh in the past, and that was before a you know the UN Sea uh, Law Tribunal for a long time. And in 2014, that tribunal gave a verdict, which actually went against India. But India decided to accept that. So India has demonstrated through its actions the respect for the international law. So directly, India has no involvement in the South China Sea dispute. India is not a claimant. But at the same time, India does show a way that there is a way to solve such particularly maritime disputes by using a law that clearly exists and to which China is a party. We are almost out of time, but I think the concerns are real. Um, As you say, it's a different situation. The South China Sea tensions, but also the tensions here between India and China over the border. Nobody would want to see any sort of hostilities arise. Uh, Do you feel that there is a way to peacefully settle this through negotiations? As I said, uh, in fact, the technical work on the border has already been done, Mm -hmm. but because there is no simple solution to the problem, often experts say that the most a plausible solution to the border dispute between China and India would be what is called a package solution. In other words, each side keeps what they have with minor adjustments on the line of actual control and formalize it. But that would require political will. We've seen rise of nationalism both in China and in India. And in fact, uh, just yesterday I was watching uh, the reporting of the deployment of tanks in the Indian media and one of the Indian television channels, it had a very highly sort of nationalistic overtone. So given the strong rise of nationalist sentiment in both China and India, I think it makes it that much harder 
for political leadership to find a solution or to reach a solution or to the border dispute. Right. Uh, certainly uh, a bit pessimistic as to, as you say, the uh, political phenomenon of uh, the respective countries and the rise of nationalism there. We are going to have to leave it there, but uh, Dr. Taneja, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Good to chat, Henry. Thank you. That was Dr. Pradeep Taneja from the University of Melbourne. Soul City News, up next.